I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Welcome back to Practical Stoicism. If you'd like to get rid of ads, you can go to stoicism.supercast.com or just click the link in the show notes of this and every episode. Today is going to be a tough one because of language, so if you're a woman listening, this is a little bit of a heads up. The ancient Greeks and Romans believed in specific gender roles, and I think by today's standards, we would view the regarding of women in ancient Greece and Rome as sexist. I'm not going to opine too much on that except to say that there's probably a lot more nuanced of a view if one wanted to dig into it. That said, I'm mentioning this because, again, of the wording in this meditation, it is likely to upset a few people, and I want you to get through the meditation itself, through to the other side of it, so we can actually talk about the substance of the meditation. I would ask that you don't let the language of nearly 2,000 years ago take away from the point of what Marcus Aurelius has to say here. Even if its attitude towards women is dated when compared to the average man's attitude towards women today. So, with that, here's meditation number 28 from Book 4 of the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. A black character, a womanish character, a stubborn character, bestial, childish, animal, stupid, counterfeit, scurrilous, fraudulent, tyrannical. A black character in this instance certainly refers to a person of questionable moral condition, but it may even be a reference to humorism, which seems to have been an early attempt to reconcile the commonly displayed dispositions of human beings, or perhaps the word temperaments is better. These temperaments were phlegmatic, sanguine, choleric, and melancholic. Each were tied to a bodily fluid, phlegm, blood, yellow bile, and black bile, respectively. They also seem to present at certain seasons of a person's life. For example, you had a sanguine temperament in your youth and a phlegmatic one in your old age. It really seems pretty ridiculous now to go back and read about this sort of thing, and I'll link to humorism in the show notes, so go check that out in your own time if you'd like to. But it underlines a few things that are probably worth mentioning. First, that science and technical knowledge absolutely must result in the changing of certain antiquated ideas. And philosophy is not safe from this fact. 
Second, that the Stoics were certainly in over their heads when trying to explain the physiology of human beings, and we cannot ignore that. And lastly, humanity was able to competently tackle metaphysical, abstract, and disembodied ideas far earlier than it was able to, just as adequately, tackle the concrete portions of life, like medicine, for example. This last point is of particular interest in a meditation that suggests a cogent understanding of human character and psychology while simultaneously suggesting that women are somehow separate from and less than men in their capacity for, you know, fill in the blank. But glossing over that for the sake of staying on track, let's try to see what we can get out of this meditation. Jordan Peterson for whatever faults he may have, and he has plenty, and I'm sure he would tell you the same thing, has repeatedly pointed out a few great truths about people. In particular, he talks about what makes a man dangerous. He says, and I'm paraphrasing here, that a strong man, a virtuous man, is certainly capable of being a threat. He's strong, so he's capable of hurting people. But this sort of man isn't likely to actually be a threat because he's virtuous. On the other hand, a weak man, and in this case we'll define that as being an unvirtuous or vicious man, may be far less of an obvious threat, far less of a physical threat, but is actually a far greater one. And I would say this goes for men and women. Some people are very capable of oppressing others, but they're good people, so it's extremely unlikely that they would oppress others, even if given the opportunity. When was the last time you heard about a dictator who was actually a really decent and good person? Why do you think that never happens? Remember that scene in Lord of the Rings, and I can't remember which one because I don't remember the trilogy that well, but there's this sickly little weasel of a man. He's really pale, right? He's an advisor of some sort, and he's gotten close enough to King Theodon of Rohan to put him under some sort of spell that made him stupid and sickly and essentially made him a zombie in a lot of ways. Remember how this guy moved? how he had this perverse attraction to Theoden's daughter and was just an all-around, terrible, skin-crawly creep. He wasn't a strong man, right? He wasn't brave either. He was weak. He was of poor character and poor manners. He was someone on the outskirts of normalcy who felt he was owed something because he was never given anything he felt was enough. He was vengeful. He was spiteful. But he was weak, physically. Yet despite this, Look at the damage he caused, and look at the power he wound up obtaining as he became, essentially, the king in the king's stead. These black characters are conniving, manipulative, sneaky, and false, and they want power because they have nothing, and they'll do depraved things to get it if they're minded to do so, whereas a virtuous man or woman would do no such thing because they have the most valuable thing they could ever need in their virtuous characters. So when Marcus says a black character, a womanish character, a stubborn character, this is what he means. This is who he's talking about. He's talking about this vicious sort of person who is the antithesis of virtue. And I think the reason women are so frequently associated with deceitful behavior in ancient and even more modern times has something to do with their lack of physical power, and in ancient times, their lack of political power. A woman in ancient Greece, had she no virtue, would have become a silent assassin and not the leader of an insurgent force storming the capital. 
A woman was limited in how she could express her viciousness if she wasn't a virtuous person, whereas an unvirtuous man was not. An unvirtuous man could have become an assassin or the leader of an insurgent force storming the capital. All forms of viciousness were open to men, but women, more than likely, because of the reasons I mentioned, had to specialize in a less overt expression of viciousness. And this is probably why vicious women of antiquity are painted as deceitful sirens, while vicious men of antiquity are painted as physically oppressive ogres, to pull in some mythological elements there. Although I'm sorry, I promised I wouldn't opine, because that is not the point of this meditation. The point of this meditation is to identify what isn't virtuous. Having a dark character, being timid and afraid to stand up for what you believe, refusing to accept things which are, these things lead to a bitter sort of behavior, a bitter sort of person, a jealous person, a person like the person described in this meditation. And that bitter behavior, that poisonous of character, will be expressed through stupidity, through lying, through deceit and stealing, and through tyranny, if they ever gain power. So what Marcus is telling us is, don't be dark in character. Be virtuous. Don't be sheepish. Be brave. And don't be stubborn. Be willing to learn, grow, and change. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode of Practical Stoicism. I appreciate you being here. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, just go ahead and hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're currently using to listen. That way you'll find out every time a new episode drops, which is every day. And if you've got a minute and you're enjoying the show, consider leaving it a review wherever you can. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Practical Stoicism. And until next time, take care. Take care.